Elon Musk became the biggest shareholder of Twitter and triggered the Twitter stock to spike by 25% today. A former Silicon Valley engineer died in Shanghai amid CCP's zero COVID campaign in an unbelievable consequence of events. How Zuckerberg Fund flooded the states and impacted the 2020 election results. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wei and the Kathy Show. I'm your host, Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. Okay, so today we'll be continuing reporting to you about the Zucker, Mark Zuckerberg's fund, how that impacted in the 2020 election result. And that's uh, the, the continuum of the previous report, Kathy, right? Yeah, it's related, but uh, there are actually more details that you may or may not know about. Yep. So it is a must watch. And uh, however, we have to do that on the safe chat. Just to prepare for that in the later part of the show. We're going to move over there for the reason that you know. So yeah, so you just need to know that what Kathy has unearthed for you. And uh, those are the, the fact and truth that we are entitled to know. So before we continue with today's program, please click like and uh, the uh, making sure you are still subscribed and also the, the little bell, click on that. All right, let's move on to today's news. The first one is probably the piece of news that all of you already know. And um, so basically Elon Musk posted a Twitter, if you remember last month, he posted a Twitter poll in March questioning whether Twitter allows users to speak freely. If you still remember, that's what it, the following what is what he wrote. Free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? Okay, so that's a lot of response. Of course, he got 80 million followers, all right? The survey result is uh, 30% say yes, 70% say no. So mm -hmm. it's a strong no, basically, yeah. And at that time, I think some people already figured, you know, Elon Musk probably will do something yeah. with so, that, right? So he was asking that, uh, again, he tweeted, what should be done given the situation? Twitter is not doing his job, what should be done? So there's a lot of response, of course, right? And then including Christ, uh, Christina Pusha, and she's the press secretary of uh, Florida Governor um, DeSantis. And she, she said, buy this one, all right? Now, another uh, conservative radio host, uh, Buck Sexton, he said, yes, buy Twitter or just build one. Oh, please build one. Save the country from those, well, Silicon Valley lips. Anyway, so Elon Musk wrote in another uh, tweet saying that he is giving serious thought to creating a new social media platform. One week later, all right, the news bro broke today, he bought uh, uh, more than 73 million shares of the Twitters and uh, valued at $2.9 billion based on the last Friday's closing price. So he bought it you know, last Friday, mm -hmm. right? So that's nearly 10% stake in Twitter, all right? So he now become the biggest shareholder of Twitter. Then, the, you know, the next one, the second one is uh, Vanguard Mutual Fund, as you all know. And then they got 8.8%. And what about the founder, you know, Jack Dorsey, who was, you know, move it away, move off the uh, position of the CEO. And uh, Jack Dorsey owned only 2.3%. So apparently, Elon Musk will be sitting on the board of the Twitter, and we'll see that... Um, yeah, how much can he do? Yeah, what's right? the impact? Okay, the market respond. He definitely have an <laughs> impact on the market. Okay, so the purchase caused the share of the Twitter to spike by 25% in the pre-market trade, all right? And it comes shortly after, yeah, so, so basically that's what happened. In the meantime, the, um, the Tesla, okay, the company also increased by, jumped by almost 6%. So this guy is just like, a, his finger is golden touch, right? He touched something and <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, just turned, turned nothing into gold. That's Elon Musk's uh, influence. So what do you think? Do you like it? Do you think it's a good idea? You want to just leave your comment there? And how do you think about his move? And, uh, and do you think by 9.8%, would that be enough to get him on the board and get him steer the, uh, you know, the, the ship to a new direction? Yeah, so share your thought here. Okay, so now next move, uh, let, let, let's move on to something that you may not know, but you will feel about it because the, 
the supply chain that we rely upon every day in our daily life, or you know, how 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 do we buy buy goods, is facing another major disruption because Shanghai, the largest engine of the economy of China, four、uh, percent of the China entire econo- economy, is shutting down. Okay, it started at、uh, March twenty eighth, and、uh, through now they said they're gonna、um, do it through April eleventh. Okay, at that time they. Are determined to achieve this so-called zero COVID、uh, scenario. So what do they do? <clears throat> they shut down the entire entire city, twenty six million people, folks. Everybody stay home, okay? And then they in the meantime, while they stay home, they need to do this Quanming、uh, Hexuan. Okay, it's like a nuclear acid test for every single person. So while you lock them up in their home. You also need to, to check everybody. So what do you do?、Mm-hmm. You just summon them all out, and this has happened <clears throat> this morning. Okay, believe it or not, in one single day, they tested twenty six million people in one day. Averagely, I did my survey with, with my Chinese program. There are people from Shanghai who answered my call, answered my survey. <clears throat> averagely thirty minutes. So you go out there, you line up with the people. They just packed, okay, one after another for thirty minutes until you get your test. And、guess what? And in the cold weather too. In the cold weather, okay. In that time, that's the best time for the virus to spread, right? <laughs> you understand? Is everybody's there? Yeah, and, and not only that,、mm-hmm. because actually we're gonna share with you, you know, related news after this one、mm-hmm. is、um, there is、uh, according to a recorded conversation between a Shanghai citizen with the Shanghai CDC expert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, the citizens complaining about the treatment. Of、uh, his、uh, parents, right? So one thing he revealed was that uh, his um, uh, mother was,、uh, you know, identified as、uh, after the testing, it's、uh, positive. So ha- they actually moved her,、uh, his pe-、uh, mother, to another hospital from the hotel to the hospital. But the hospital was not prepared and refused to take her and others. So. Her mother, you know, didn't have any symptom, but was po- tested positive. She and the others、uh, with the same case just、uh, stand in the cold for over two hours before they were admitted into the hospital. Before actually they broke in, right?、The、yeah. Young people broke in and forced their, their way into the hospital. Yeah. So that's how it is going on right now. It's chaos over there. Then they took like a, a several hundreds baby who tested positive, baby. How 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 you know how young was the baby? From like a few months to two year old, they took several hundreds babies away from their mom. Okay, how how did, how can the mom let them go? Because this is is the government. They couldn't do anything. They took away the baby. Then they did not take care of them. The baby some some of the babies stay there for several days.、Mm-hmm. It's completely messed. The baby because so dismayed and、um, <clears throat> and some of them got sick, other sick, other sickness. So and then the mother was just pouring out on the internet, you know, on the social media, saying that how much suffering they're going through.、Um, you know, some of them got to see their the video of their baby by the by the nurse. You know, very limited number of nurses taking care of vast number of babies with no mom, and then they they got you know so so disheartened. You know, when they see how miserable their babies are, so this is one thing that created a big outrage in in, in Shanghai, and.、Uh, <clears throat> So next one, we're going to talk to you about one particular cases. What happened? The reason why I want to tell the story of this lady, her name is、uh, Li Chang,、um, is because I really want to show you that、uh, in the socialist nation, how things, you know, w- w- what a common citizen could encounter. Okay, and then Kathy, after that, Kathy will tell you, you know, what's the truth beneath all this suffering. Okay, okay, th- this Li Chang, just like. She's just like like a way, and like a Kathy, okay, and she, you know, she was born in nineteen seventy three. She's a Beijingese, grew in Beijing, and she went to Tsinghua University. If you know the university system in Tsinghua, you know that's one of the top universities, just like you know China's Harvard. All right, so entered the computer science. Then after that, came to the U.S. for graduate study, just like Wei and Kathy. Okay, he got her degree, either PhD or master. He went to Silicon Valley. And work as a high tech engineer, just like Wei and Kathy. She got two babies, you know, two children. So they start some company here, and they got very successful. 
They got the money, they got the experience, they got the technology. In 2018, okay, the husband decided to go back to China and start his new venture in Shanghai. So the wife, Li Chang, followed her husband and brought the, wife, brought the kids to, back to China and they lived there. Last year, this uh, Li Chang, okay, is, uh, she's basically in her like a 47 year old, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 48. And uh, she, unfortunately, she, she got this uh, um, cerebral hemorrhage, okay? So, so he, she lost her capability to, to, to move, you know, to move around. But consciously, she's very, still very clear. So the husband then sent the, sent the kids to Beijing and in the, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the home of the in-law. And the, the husband just stay in Shanghai and take care of the wife. Okay, so he basically just work at daytime and at night is come to this, uh, you know, this recovery care center. It's a very high-end recovery care center. So she, the, the wife, the Li Chang, was very well attended, all right? And the, at night, plus, and her husband, you know, was always there. Now it came, to, came this, uh, you know, this, this pandemic. Pandemic recently, okay, not uh, two years ago, just recently, this COVID, this uh, Omicron uh, pandemic come along. And then one person was discovered, was tested positive mm -hmm. in that uh, high-end recovery care center. Then everybody has to leave the care center, uh, have to leave, leave the center, and have to be quarantined, have to be, you know, uh, quarantined. Both the family, the, the patients, the families, and the uh, caring staff, okay? So including, then the husband said, how about I just get quarantined with my wife so that I can take care of my wife? They said, no, everybody needs to be separately quarantined. So the, the, the husband got so, you know, so anxious, worried, okay, and also angry. And finally, he just, uh, um, how to say, he just uh, called for the, all the other, you know, family members who, who's, uh, you know, who, who are there and then taking care of their, 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 their relative or beloved ones. And then they just uh, occupied, just lock the room, lock them in, inside the uh, caring center, refused to leave. What happened? Police came here and raided the, that room and then arrested them all, including you know, her husband. Remember, the husband and the wife, pretty much they are U.S. citizens, okay? They came here as a graduate student, become an, a successful entrepreneur, got that U.S. citizen, I'm not for sure, okay, chances are 99% they are U.S. US citizen. So went over there, very successful, white-collar, high-tech entrepreneurs. And this husband got arrested, got arrested in the name of uh, sabotage, uh, how to say, sabotage, how to say that, sabotage the government's uh, uh, anti-pandemic movement, all right? So, and then the care center said, don't worry, we're going to take care of your wife. So how did they do it? They leave one nurse taking care of more than 10 patients. So Li Chang, uh, while you know, she was lying there, right, she always had this um, phlegm okay, in, in her throat. So what do you do? So with the aspirator, you can suck the phlegm away so that uh, she can continue breathing. So this nurse who, who left, you know, left, left you know, just stayed has to take care of so many patients. And he or she doesn't know how to use the aspirator. So this Li Chang lying there and with the phlegm accumulated and she's literally over a long period of time suffocated to death. All right, so afterwards, the husband just got a notice saying your wife is dead. She has been cremated. There's nobody left for you. Here's, the, here's, here's a notice for you to know. This is the story. Wow. Just die like that. Because one person tested positive. Remember, Omicron, as we all know, Omicron is just like a flu type of, uh, uh, type of uh, how to say, um, pandemic, right? It, it, it will just give you, you know, give you a headache, give you running nose for three days or two weeks, depends, and you, you recover. Just, just for that, they went as far as just lock down the entire nation and... Uh, this is only one story. There's people who got, you know, this acute disease cannot even get into ICU because all the medical resources are dedicated to this, to reach the zero case, COVID, COVID uh, um, you know, zero COVID uh, result that the CCP insisted to have. So many, many people died. 
and some you know depressed people they hung themselves or jumped from the floor. There's several, you know, several recording of that video recording. Unbelievable because they were locked there. Some of them they don't have food because the the lockdown order was given just over a period of twelve hours.、Mm-hmm. They don't even have time to buy enough food to store you know to to, to feed, feed themselves. People stay hungry. The entire nation, the modernized twenty first century Shanghai, the leading economic, the most prosperous city、um, in China, you know, they 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 live under the, you know, through this, just because of an order from the government. So, yeah. yeah so next, I want to share with you. So people may wonder, you know, the order from the political party. So how does those um, um, professional Um, people、uh, in the medical uh, field uh, deal with that, right? So, do they also don't really know about this disease, this virus, or the otherwise? So, actually, there was a very、uh, interesting recording of a conversation、uh, widespread on the internet right now. It's from Shanghai, the city of Shanghai that we just、uh, shared, and、uh, it's it's really telling、uh, how this. Covid zero covid policy is oh totally a political、um, political event rather than a very professional medical you know policy. So in this recording, a Shanghai citizen he was so frustrated. The conversation the whole conversation was like about twenty four minutes. All right. So why he was so fr-、uh, frustrated? Because he said his father. Got、uh, the twice testing at the end of uh, March, uh, during the end of March. Okay, and the both times it was、um, said it's negative, and、uh, the result was shown on、uh, this app called the Health Cloud. And this Health Cloud is supposed to be a very professional health app, provide people with a one-stop health service. And it was claimed as the leading mobile internet healthcare service platform in China. So then, you know, next day he get a phone call from a Shanghai CDC person and saying that your father is positive and he has to be transported to a hospital. Okay, those hospital with a lot of beds you probably see on the internet. So he he was just so confused and so frustrated. He said, you know, on this health cloud, it's my father was negative. But then CDC called me saying he's positive. Who should I believe, right? So then、uh, the expert just from the CDC, you know, tried to explain to him, and、uh, he was like, he's not satisfied. So they called in the leader, probably the manager,、uh, in CDC of Shanghai. So eventually, you know, the 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 manager was also very frustrated. He said, "I tell you the truth. Now Shanghai hospital beds are very very tight." And、uh, there's uh, just uh, so there's no room, and actually they felt helpless because、um, he she said、uh, she had uh, uh, re- you know had recently received hundreds of hundreds of such complaint calls day and night, and、uh, they cannot resolve those problems. They said we only do researches and we only notify people when they are test positive. So.、Uh, The then the citizen was just so frustrated. Said now even Weibo, the most popular Chinese social media, is closed for comments. And they are Twitter, the, the Twitter in China. Yeah. yeah. And、uh, then he said, I I have nowhere to nowhere no place to complain anymore. So, and、uh, the CDC manager said it is completely knocked over. All the images of Shanghai had previously established as a you know anti-pandemic model, right? And he she said as a professional, I have long proposed uh, that uh, with light symptom asymptomatic patients, you should not transfer people away, just have them isolated at home. And he said, she said, I've mentioned n times, like x times, right? And、uh, she said the proposal was just、uh, not. Being ignored from her, so and she said, "Not nobody is listening to experts like us." And、uh, then she said, uh, uh, "Let's just listen to a little bit、It's、in Chinese." But、uh, she really expressed her disparity, despair. 
C3。三月结局要被逼疯了，是吧？三月能源说的话根本就没人听。是的，是的。现在全部把这个病变成了政治性的一个疾病。对对对对对。花了这么多的人财物在做一个。对人类，人业、物业、财力，就全部都在往后退啊。对呀、啊，就在做一个类似流感的。你说你看到哪个国家防流感这么烦吗？现在。So what she's saying is that we, the professionals, are so exhausted and are driven just crazy. Now the pandemic, uh, the, uh, the pandemic has become a political disease. That's what she did, literally said: political disease and consuming so much, you know, human resources, so much uh, materials and the financial resources to solve this flu-like disease. And she said, "Can do you see any other countries is, uh, you know, doing preventing this uh, pandemic like this way?" She actually encouraged the citizen to publicize their recording. Because she said, "Wow, yeah." She said, "I, you know, I, we are all common citizens." And uh, then the citizen just said, "The gentleman just said, 'You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we eventually we, the people are suffering after all, because just because they treated this as a political disease." Yeah. So by so, publishing that recording, this this caller, okay, this uh, citizen caller and this uh, medical professional. They both could go to jail. Yeah, actually, after this recording was publicized uh, on the internet, the CDC uh, just uh, published uh, a notification. Okay, uh, saying that uh, we can show that, but it's in Chinese. It's saying that uh, when CDC get phone calls, oh, not only CDC, right? Yeah, the other medical centers. When you receive phone calls, when you uh, answer people's phone calls, you have to be consistent with our policy. Cannot add any personal, individual, subjective opinion. Okay, and they also hold that's uh, they published that uh, on the April second, and also they held like uh, large scale meetings and to saying that um, it's 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 like the the order the order. To of this uh, zero pandemic is like uh, the order from military, mm. okay. And uh, if you if you are told to do something, you just have to do it, okay. If you don't do it, if you do do it well, then you lose your job. That's what the the you know in the meetings was said. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I, I think we um, explained it to you that uh, why 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 so okay last in last show let me just quickly re repeat that in case that you missed the last uh, program um, why they are doing this this way okay because in the last two years China claim CCP claim they got a successful model they told the people in China and they told mainly okay. Uh, Chinese uh, diaspora, right? Mm. Uh, diaspora. Di diaspora around the world, saying that uh, we have a better model. China is so safe. China is so peaceful, and uh, China is so how to say effective. Chinese government, you know, is so effective. Look at those America, those Europe. So many people died, and then it showed that our system is better. The socialist system is better than they. All right. So how do they do do it? First, two things, right? They lock down everything. Nobody move. They starve, they starve the virus to death. That's their approach. And the second, they just hide the number. With these two ways, they can they claim they got the success of the uh, um, controlling the virus, the pandemic in the last two years. Now it came to the Omicron. The Omicron, Omicron is highly several ten times as uh, in, you know infectious than the previous version. Okay, this first thing. The second, the harm is much much lighter. It's just like a flu. Yeah, actually, the people in the Shanghai CDC, she knows. Yeah, they, she they said, all know. She said you just it's just like a flu. Okay, you you know if you it's a light symptom or a symptom, you know you just just treat it like flu. Okay, so if so. that's the case, if they know that, I'm sure they know that. Why don't they just let it you know go through? Everybody just got to sick a few days and uh, you know just grow their immunization immunization system. And then this is the issue is over. No, because remember, there has been two years, you know, during which they claim that uh, our way is better. So our way has to be continued to be better. So the Omicron came. They still say because our way is the zero COVID policy. 
Now we need to prove that still works. Yeah, because this already, as I shared with you last time, they have uh, this article in Shenzhen newspaper, right? So it said it's not just on the surface, it's a choice of how you treat virus and how you deal with pandemic. But deep inside is a choice of... It's a battle. It's a battle of a system. Yeah. Political system and even battle of civilizations. Yeah. <laughs> of course, that that's a, that's the wrong way to say that. But what they mean is that civilization means socialism versus capitalism. So because of that, they, they, they you know they do this. They force the entire city, twenty six million people altogether, is probably eighty million people. Okay, in several cities, through this. Okay, they just artificially create a create a non existence crisis, and then their approach, of course, as I said, is to starve death the, the, the you know the virus. Ended up, they starved death so many people, so many you know normal people, and then they you know like like the Li Chang that I just talked talked to you about. So many people died not because of the virus, because of the policy of of, of the virus. This is what happened, and then well along with that, the other rippling effect is you know the Shanghai stopped working, the poor stopped shipping things out, and then we're going to have another hike of inflation that will impact on you know our daily life. And also because of the CCP needs to prove to its 1.4 billion people, we are right. See, we are right. So no, also prove to the world. Yeah, we are right. So we are entitled to keep ruling, to keep ruling you. That's basically, that, that's the absurdity of communism. It has been like that, you know, has been like that for over 100 years. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's always the way they deal with every crisis. Yeah. Yeah. The ultimate goal, or the purpose of everything, is to prove that CCP Chinese Communist Party is the ruling party. To make sure it is yeah. the ruling party in China. So whatever you know we experience here is only a very light version, as you as you see, right? If you if you if you just you know. Listen to what we just told you in Shanghai. This is very, you know, vivid. It's just happening right now, and then what do we got in this country? It's only a lighter version. But we need to be vigilant. We don't, we don't go there, right? You know, people in the Chinese show. So many people wrote that I live in U.S. We never went through like this. You know, my baby was taken away from the mom's arm, and the mom cannot do anything. Even cannot even complain. They said the Americans want to draw their gun and start shooting and things like that. So um, yeah, so that's the difference. That's the difference. Yeah. Anyway, so we have to okay, move on right to mm -hmm. the next uh, topic, and we have to do that in the safe chat. So please, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so. what I'm gonna share with you while you you know transferring to a safe chat, if you have not been on there before, I'm gonna share with you the research that. Uh, uh, by it's by a nonprofit organization in Washington D.C. and that's or that organization is actually the first one to really expose expose this problem that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so we have to have the freedom to talk, and um, so we have to move over there. So please follow us over there. It's, it's something really worth knowing about. Again, before you go, please click like if you have not done so, and uh, making sure you stay subscribed and the little bell was uh, was on. All right, let's go. One, two, three, click. Okay. All right, thank you for coming over. This is the free land of Safe Chat. <laughs> right. All right, so, so Kathy, what, what do you want to bring to our audience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, you know, most many people, especially our audience here, um, believe that the private, private funds, uh, the private fin financing of the government election offices skewed the voter turnout in 2020 election and may, you know, may very well tipped the presidential election to Joe Biden. But how severe was it? A nonprofit organization in Washington, D.C., Capital Research Center, it was the first one to report on the secrets behind the, this nonprofit organization called the Center for, for Technology. Center for Tech and Civic Life, CTCL, its financial disclosures, which confirmed the flood of the private money used, um, private money by Zuckerberg used to skew the 2020 election turnout. And it's the money now people all, you know, many people just to say it's uh, called uh, Zuckerbucks. 
So the Capital Research Center, CRC, was established in 1984. They specially examine how foundations, charities, and other non-profit organizations spend money and get involved in the politics and the advocacy. So they have exposed how those organizations are captured by interest groups and used to undermine America's freedom. So. Since they first exposed how just one billionaire basically privatized U.S. presidential election, Capital Research Center re-examined the original findings in nine battleground states, and、uh, you know got more accurate information, and also concluded that the Zuckbugs were in forty-seven states and the District of Columbia, and. Here's a quote from them: "Is、uh, saying that the results are striking, and in many cases even worse than we initially feared." So, how much、uh, of the Zuckbugs in each of the states, especially in those battleground states, and、uh, how much per capita for you know people、uh, for the states、um, are for Trump versus for Biden? So I interviewed the、uh, investigative researcher of、uh, CRC, Parker Thera. He focused on this research, and、uh, so in this research, they exposed how the fund, under the guise of COVID nineteen relief, flowed to each of the states from a Silicon Valley nonprofit foundation. Mark Zuckerberg in during the twenty twenty election.、Um, Used his, you know, used nonprofit entities、uh, and private foundations to fund an organization called the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Now, what this organization、uh, announced they were going to do was they were going to go out、um, and provide funding to election offices、uh, that needed, you know, extra funds for the massive amount of mail-in voting that was happening for、uh, protective equipment for、um, poll workers. The reality is, is that most of it didn't get spent on the protective equipment, and a lot of it. Got spent on things like incur, you know, sending out informational packets about how,、uh, about mail-in voting、um, and encouraging,、um, you know, ballots to come in, reminding voters of deadlines,、um, and generally doing things designed to boost turnout.、Um, now, Mark Zuckerberg provided roughly four hundred million dollars、um, to this effort,、um, and a lot of conservative、uh, activists and journalists have、uh, come out and realized that. This money was used in a partisan fashion when it was not really supposed to be. Much more money was provided to Democratic-leaning areas, particularly in battleground states like Virginia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Essentially, what the Center for Tech and Civic Life did was it provided much more money per capita to Democrat-leaning districts than it did to Republican-leaning districts, which had the effect of dramatically boosting turnout in these districts. And funding the, you know, as it were, blue islands in majority red states in, in, you know, for the 2016 election, for example. What's wrong with that? Can you explain to us? Yeah.、Um, so imagine that a cereal company decided that it was going to start making advertisements encouraging people to eat a healthy breakfast, and then they only did that in counties where their cereal sold better than everybody else's. Nobody would look at that and call it a nonprofit, you know, charitable activity. They would look at it and say that is a sales campaign. Now replace cereal with votes and cereal company with Democratic Party,、um, and you cannot. You obviously see the parallels. Center for Tech and Civic Life was essentially、um, it, the evidence seems to suggest that the Center for Tech and Civic Life was、um, using its money to accomplish、uh, partisan turnout boost. Privately financing elections, especially if you're a billionaire like Mark Zuckerberg, you probably don't want billionaires paying the people who are running your election.、Uh, if that doesn't see, if that doesn't seem to be an apparent problem, then I don't know what would be. Can you give us uh, some uh, example, uh, like uh, exactly how it operates and how it could、um, shift the results? So、uh, Wisconsin is a great example where we now have emails obtained via FOIA request,、um, and they show that what the Center for Tech and Civic Life did it was approach the city clerks and offer them money to help them conduct their election. You know, funding,、uh, 
um, paying for the rooms where the ballots, uh, you know, extra space for ballot counting to occur, um, you know, extra poll workers to come in, all sorts of things. Um, they would approach uh, these cities and offer them, a, you know, large grants, millions of dollars sometimes. Um, and in exchange for that, uh, CTCL would be allowed to have grant supervisors um, it, to oversee, you know, to, to help out with the election, to oversee how CTCL's money was being spent. This ended up producing the effect that these grant supervisors had an undue amount of influence over the election. I believe it was Green Bay. Um, the city clerk ended up resigning over um, the what, what she viewed as illegal uh, influence by the CTCL's grant advisor, who was working with an organization called the National Vote at Home Institute. Um, she ended up resigning, and uh, you know there there are many many other problems that have been observed uh, in Wisconsin in particular, but um, also many other states. Um, and now several states have come forward and uh, essentially made it illegal what Mark Zuckerberg did with CTCL. Um, they made it illegal going forward uh, in future elections. You mean through the state legislation? Yes. Yeah. So explain to us how that could work. I'm not super familiar with the legislation, the individual pieces of legislation, but many states have come forward and said there will be no more private financing or funding or aid rendered by um, private organizations or nonprofit organizations or people um, to the to conducting um, election administration. That that people, should, you know, individuals, private organizations, non-elected officials should not be involved in that. Um, and, and, you know, before, no one had even thought to make it illegal because no one thought that it was, no one had thought of the idea at all. So basically, it's like, it's kind of a loophole that he was taking? Essentially, it was a loophole, yes. No one had really thought um, to make such a thing illegal before because no one thought it was possible. Yeah, because for individual contributors, there's always some, you know, campaign law to limit mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. Okay, so just give uh, an update of uh, how many states have banned the restricted uh, the use of um, either ban or restrict the use of private funds for election offices. So in March, by March, um, just last month, 17 states has did, have did that. Okay, either banned or restricted. Uh, but uh, in six states, six governors, all Democrats have vetoed uh, potential ban those states uh, from that. That includes Philadelphia, Missouri, North Carolina, Michigan, uh, Louisiana, and uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin was vetoed as a bill. Then, uh, then it was proposed as a constitutional amendment reintroduced as a bill, so it's kind of pending. And the Kansas legislature overrode its governor's veto. So um, that's that. And uh, there are many other states are currently considering banning the private uh, money to fund the elections, so such as like Iowa, Alabama, Minnesota. Um, I would encourage every state to pass legislation um, that bans private funding for public election offices. Um, it's unfortunately not, uh, the, these pieces of legislation are unfortunately not as widespread as they ought to be. Um, I think we are less than half of the United States has passed legislation, uh, state-based legislation, um, banning private funding of public election offices. Um, and I absolutely think that um, more states need to do so going forward. In a lot of the county are doing conducting the election process. Mm -hmm. So do you think the nonprofit going directly to them or going through yeah. the state? Um, so th these nonprofit organizations, um, you know, based on, after the research that we've conducted, we found that most of the grants were distributed directly to county administration or county election administrators um, and election administration offices. In most cases, they bypass the state offices um, in favor of funding specific counties, um, potentially because by targeting individual counties, they can target things on a partisan basis as well. Mm. Yeah, so without the state legislation, the counties could just do whatever they wish, right? Yeah, it would be, the elections would be totally at the mercy of the goodwill of county election administrators, some of whom were 
less than scrupulous. So how do you use the the data, the research that you know you come up with to try yeah. to yeah. Um, so the Center for Type and Civic Life publishes what is called a Form 990, their IRS Form 990. It's a, a public disclosure form that all 501c3 nonprofits must file, and it lists um, the entities to which they have made uh, financial grants. Um, and so what we did was we analyzed, you know, where these grants went. We, we combed through the 990. It was thousands of pages long. Um, and we listed, you know, we, we took one state at a time, and we would list which counties got money from the Center for Tech and Civic Life, and then we would look at how those counties voted um, and divide the amount of money they got by their total population according to the 2020 census to get a figure of how much per capita uh, each county was receiving from um, the Center for Tech and Civic Life and Mark Zuckerberg, or you know, the Zuckerbucks as they're called. Um, and per capita, the counties that voted Democrat during 2020 received far more money per capita than... Um, the uh, then Republican leading counties, the Zuckbucks, boosted turnout almost exclusively in Democratic counties. In your report, you talk about something related to California, which you know I'm kind of familiar with. There's a, a community foundation that's involved. Can you explain? Yeah. Oh, so the Silicon Valley Community Foundation is a large philanthropic entity um, created by uh, many uh, Silicon Valley tech billionaires, Mark Zuckerberg included. And they're a donor-advised fund um, provider. And so they allow wealthy individuals to deposit their money into a charitable um, organization and then oversee where those funds are distributed to. Um, I believe Mark Zuckerberg used the Silicon Valley Community Foundation to distribute his money to the Center for Tech and Civic Life. How, how did he do that? It's kind of like a, a philanthropic financial advisor, I guess, would be the best explanation of what a, a donor-advised fund is. Um, he donates with his private foundation into um, the, set, the community foundation, and then he can tell the community foundation where he'd like those funds distributed. So they kind of warehouse the money for him, make it easier to uh, make fine, uh, you know, charitable contributions. Okay, so maybe just kind of use it as kind of a shell so that, but actually they are behind it. Yeah, if Mark Zuckerberg hadn't announced that he was doing this, um, it would have taken us a very long time to figure out that he was um, because of the way that he used the Silicon Valley Community Foundation. Wow. This year is uh, the midterm and uh, a couple years later is uh, a presidential election again. So how do you think this type of um, uh, funding, if it allows to go on, how would that affect the election? Um, I think it will end up affecting the elections in the same way that it could have affected the 2020 election, which would be to dramatically boost turnout um, in you know, areas of one political party and not boost the turnout in the areas of another political party um, based on the preferences of the donor. Uh, I think it's wrong that during the 2020 election, these um, you know, election administration offices seem to have been turned out, turned into uh, get out the vote operations for um, the Democratic Party uh, through CTCL's funding. Parker, if you don't mind, a little bit different topic, but as a young person like you, because uh, in the United States we all know that uh, actually a lot of young people, they probably believe more government involvement and even like a socialist policies might uh, work. So, yeah how, yeah, how do you think? Um, going back to those the district attorneys, um, there are a lot of young people who voted those people into office. They believed that their policies would work. They believed the false promises that these district attorneys make. They bought into the philosophy of George Soros, and they voted for these district attorneys. And now they're standing there in horror looking at what's happened to their communities. Um, you know, it, th this is a wake-up call. Uh, 2020 in particular was a wake-up call to an entire generation of young people those who were kept out of school, um, you know, for, forced to deal with excessive COVID regulations, forced to deal with crime allowed by and ignored by district, woke district attorneys. Um, you know, it, it's been a wake-up call for a lot of people um, to reject the, the ideas that these people endorse. What's the most misconception or the something that they missed of understanding those things? From my research, I think the biggest misconception that a lot of young people have about the division of left and right in politics 
is that the left is the side of the poor and the right is the side of the rich. The reality is so that is so far from the truth. Um, for every one billionaire that supports right-leaning political causes, there are three or four that support left-leaning political causes because it feels nice. You know, you can, you can talk about things that make you feel good. They, they sell a narrative that, you know, they're the good guys and right-leaning people are the bad guys. And, and it's, you know, people feel good when they donate to that, especially billionaires. Um, but, you know, the reality that a lot of young people are waking up to is that the left side of the political aisle is dominated by billionaire influence. Mm, just as a for a last word, would you like to let our audience know? Encourage uh, private funding of public election offices to be um, made illegal in the future. It's it, you know, it's something that needs to be done. Um, and you know, if we're not holding uh, billionaires like Mark Zuckerberg accountable for interfering in elections, um, then they're going to be free to do so going forward. And not only Mark Zuckerberg, but anybody, anybody's free to donate to 501c3 charities like Mark Zuckerberg did with the Center for Tech and Civic Life. You know, foreign billionaires, oil oligarchs, anybody can donate to these organizations. Um, and if, if it's not made illegal, um, you know, it will be significantly concerning um, in the future. All right. Thank you, Parker, for sharing with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Right, so actually at the end, uh, what Parker mentioned is indeed um, already happening, actually. So the Capital Research Center, they also discovered the second biggest donor for the CTCL, which is called the New Venture Fund. It, they move, it moved nearly $25 million into CTCL for 2020 election. Mm -hmm. right? uh, then um, how this money was spent remains unknown. But... Who's behind this new venture fund? This is part of the 1.7 billion so-called dark money empire run by an uh, organization called uh, Arabella Advisors, $1.7 billion. This is uh, Arabella Advisor is a consulting firm for left-wing donors in Washington, D.C. So it's a, another massive network. They fund a huge... Um, funds and aimed at defeating the confirmation of the Justice Brent Kavanaugh and Amy Barrett to the Supreme Court. Okay, they created groups to push the uh, radical left's uh, DC statehood and uh, court packing scheme. And uh, they also ran a campaign to uh, topple the Republican Senate majority in the 2020 election. That's another research by the uh, CRC. Yeah, I see. Mm -hmm. So another, you know, update uh, from the True the Vote. We remember we shared with you their uh, public hearing in the uh, uh, Wisconsin State Assembly, right? So they they used the, this commercially available geo-tracking cell phone data and took. They have footages from drop boxes across America in key states like Wisconsin, Georgia, and others, to track over two thousand mules who wear the uh, gloves and disguised to stuff ballot boxes. So, to the vote together with uh, Danish D'Souza, they created created a movie called Two Thousand Mules. And the trailer just came out. I think maybe we can just show this um, one-minute trailer. Mm -hmm. The 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. He lost a fair and secure election. The most secure election in American history. Really? One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. He's not alone. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. Leaving no fingerprints. 
swapping photos to get paid. A coordinated ring of illegal vote harvesting in all the key states where the election was decided. They delivered us a clear victory. Game over. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so watch out for that movie if mm-hmm. you're interested. Mm. All so, right. So I think, um, yeah, that will be all for today. I just want to read from, uh, from this YouTuber, Del, uh, Deltanian Waves. And you wrote, uh, and you wrote this, okay. I love this too. I guess mentioned in Wei and Kathy. <laughs> they are more American than most uh, college graduates, easily 90%, 90% and above despite having, uh, having hella thick uh, Chinese accents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little too late for me to learn, um, to learn speak English with no Chinese accent. Okay, that's the way we are, that's the, yeah. But uh, we, we got content, so that's where, where we'll put our effort in. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, we have uh, Patricia from Texas. Thank you for all you're doing. God bless you and your family. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, so um, you want to give a pre-announcement for the Sunday event reporting? Um, it's, just, it's far away, but <laughs> yeah, but on Sunday, I just uh, I got it, you know, uh, the information there will be a big event in Los Angeles. As I reported last Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So in California, there are so many just, uh, you know, <laughs> unbelievable bills going on in pushing by the state legislatures. So many patriots, a lot of people are very concerned. So they are holding this a huge event in Los Angeles. And uh, like uh, people like Dr. Robert Malone, you know, a lot of speakers will supposedly to be on site to speak and uh, trying to mobilize people to be aware of such bills and uh, to do something. So we plan on to do, uh, plan on doing a live streaming of the event. But uh, since we just got this in, you know, information, we'll have to have things set up. But uh, since we already mentioned it, so wanted to just share with you. So yeah, follow us. Um, Click, you know, just register, follow our channel. We, again, we probably this time, we only can do it on safe chat, unfortunately. Last people's convoyed, we thought there wouldn't be any problem on YouTube. You know, the next thing we know is after 10 hours, they took down our video on YouTube and they gave us a strike. So, yeah, and I remembered uh, Louis said something about, um, yeah, YouTube just came out and other rules of mentioning things, you know, different things. So they just keep, keep trying to censor us, right? So we have to, but we cannot be censored. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we cannot be silenced. All right, okay, just look, yeah, we'll be traveling to Los Angeles and to do that reporting. And um, yeah, we'll just, um, yeah, we'll, we'll try to do, do our best. Yeah, because everybody knows California, as California goes, so goes the whole nation. Yeah. So we have to protect California. Okay. Right. All right. Thank you very much and uh, for staying with us tonight. Yeah, take care. Yeah, must see you next, uh, not next, uh, coming Wednesday. All right. All right. Good night. Take care. Good Bye-bye. night. Bye-bye.